A new understanding of glaucoma could lead to new treatments. Up next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs. The Science and Research Show is on The Scope. I'm talking with Dr. David Krajai, an investigator at the Moran Eye Center and professor of ophthalmology at the University of Utah. Dr. Krajai, you found a way to possibly block glaucoma. That sounds pretty significant. Glaucoma is the primary cause of irreversible blindness in the world. So it affects more than 3 million of Americans. At least 50% of people who have the disease have no idea that they do have it. And uh, by the time they start experiencing loss of vision, it's already too late. And so what happens? What, what causes glaucoma? The causes are still, to a large extent, unknown, but they are major risk factors, such as uh, ethnicity, age, and especially increased uh, intraocular pressure, which is actually the only factor that we can treat at this point. The main problem here is that we don't actually know how this how pressure is elevated. So the major impetus has been to kind of look at the molecular mechanisms uh, behind this disease. So does that mean that the pressure in your eye changes often? It changes almost hundredfold when we get out of bed. But uh-huh. that's just um, for, or when we do yoga, for example. But that's just for short periods of time. Uh, the problem is if the, the change is chronic is, uh, and over a long period of time. Basically, what pressure in the eye is, is a difference between the production and drainage of ocular fluids. What are the, some of the, the properties that you've, discovered that that people didn't really know about before. One major challenge has been to uh, identify the mechanosensors that uh, allow the cells to regulate pressure under normal circumstances. The second major uh, challenge has been to identify uh, the mechanisms through which increasing pressure kills the cells that send signals to the brain because it's the death of these cells that causes blindness. And that's what you've done, is that right? Exactly. We believe that we have identified uh, the mechanosensor, both in, which turns out amazingly to be the same in the front of the eye, regulating pressure, and in the back of the eye in cells that communicate with the brain. And so, so why is that important? Why is that significant that it's in both of those places? So if we could target this uh, pressure sensing mechanism, we would have the first time ever a, a therapeutical approach to uh, regulate pressure while we are neuroprotecting uh, cells. This has been kind of a holy grail of glaucoma research, I would say, over the past 30, 40 years. Um, and uh, we have, in fact, uh, collaborated with medicinal chemists here at the University of Utah who have designed antagonists that are specifically optimized for eye drop delivery or ocular deliver- delivery and were able to block the disease in, in mice so far. Yeah, and that's that's really amazing. When you add this this drug or this these eye drops to the mice, I mean, what what are some of the changes you see? So we have a mouse model where we can elevate uh, intraocular pressure by artificially suppressing drainage. So pressure goes up, and we found that 
when we add these antagonists developed by uh, our collaborator, Glenn Presswich and Ryan Looper at the University of Utah, um, pressure drops back down like a rock in mm. within minutes. And when we, if we do this, and my graduate students have done heroic experiments where they applied these drops three times a day or two times a day for four months, mm. uh, we find that if we do this consistently, we can completely prevent the generation of these uh, neurons, uh, which is synonymous with glaucoma. So how does that work? Every cell has its own sort of internal bone structure. And uh, if it's, it's just like in humans, if these bones are too, too stiff and un- non-pliable, uh, the cells become brittle and very sensitive to damage. And we believe this kind of internal cytoskeleton, as we call it, uh, has, is really a problem in increased drainage. So we found that when we block the mechanosensor, there is an increase in calcium ions in these cells which sort of dissolve this mm-hmm. cytoskeleton and, as you say, uh, make cells more pliable. Oh, interesting. You know, I was thinking about this um, a few weeks ago. I was pumping up a basketball, and I put too much pressure in the ball, and it basically burst. But if if that were made of a more pliable material, kind of a maybe a more rubbery material, then it should be able to withstand more of the pressure and not see as much damage. Is it kind of similar in that way? As in everything in life, flexibility is really the rule of the game, right? We should always strive to be flexible. <laughs> and I, I think our cells uh, have figured that one out as well. In terms of this treatment, what, what are some of the next steps? We want to um, optimize, do the final optimization of these drugs that we're developing and then immediately go into uh, phase one clinical trials. Um, so we formed a company which holds the intellectual property for these compounds, and we really think that um, there is very strong potential of actually helping people uh, who were resistant to the current drugs. I don't think this project would have taken off the ground uh, if my chair, Dr. Olson, has not... um, discern the potential from the very start and then basically supported it f- from the get-go at every single step of the way. So I and my colleagues uh, in the department are very lucky to uh, basically be able to work in such a collaborative and nurturing environment. Interesting, informative, and all in the name of better health. This is the Scope Health Sciences Radio.